All right, kid, here's the deal. At any given time, there are around 1,500 aliens on the planet, most of them right here in Manhattan. And most of them are decent enough. They're just trying to make a living. Cab drivers. Uh, not as many as you'd think. Humans, for the most part, don't have a clue. They don't want one or need one either. They're happy. They think they have a good bead on things. But uh, well, why, why the big secret? People are smart. They can handle it. The person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. 1,500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was the center of the universe. 500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was flat. And 15 minutes ago, you knew that people were alone on this planet. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from uh, the original Men in Black. Because people are dumb. People are dumb and naive, and they don't know what's going on. And imagine what we're going to know tomorrow. We got a glint. We got a. We're getting a glimpse of what the future holds as we watch the Democratic. Uh, uh, debates this week and then i used the uh the song uh rain on the scarecrow with john mellencamp you know and i and the reason i use that i say you know what some people got to remember there's certain things that just can't be progressed out of this society food comes from the ground food comes from cows foods come from pigs foods come from from plants and farms and you know there there's certain things that technology is not going to fix there's certain things that that um, that the majority of this of the the heartland of this country is not going to change, and we have to we have to be aware of that. There's a lot of things that can't change by technology. There's a lot of things that that you know when uh, Trump says "Make America Great Again," we have to we have to just keep in mind there's certain certain principles that that are never going to change. the The principles of the Bible don't don't change. The the principles of of uh you know it's just you know the gravity gravity is always going to be gravity certain things are always going to be and you can't change them because somebody decides to change the laws or somebody decides to change things things happen for a reason human human uh human uh, behavior is human behavior and cause creates effect anyway i'm going to talk about all that in the in 
and some of the idiocy that we saw on Tuesday and Wednesday nights this week. And uh, But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. Helping people finance all over the all over the all over the country, actually, right now. If you're interested in getting in, in, involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. One last time, day or night, toll free area code eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, but you don't want to talk on the phone. Because you don't want to talk out loud because you don't want your neighbors at work to hear your personal business and you're actually stealing time from your boss. Wait till you have your uh, your government-mandated 15-minute break or your government-mandated hour of lunch or your uh, government – or, you know, until you're off the clock. Go to edhoffman.net. Click on the uh, Summit Funding logo that will take you to my lending page. Give me as much information as you want. Tell me how much information you want back. And you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman, and we'll help you find the uh, missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you uh, want anything, uh, you want to hear anything repeated on the show, um, you can get the podcast on edhoffman.net as well. Go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, and you can uh, hear this show as well, as well as several past shows. And uh, you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, download it and you can subscribe for free. You can have it download automatically to your, your phone or your iWatch or your iPad or your, uh, your Droid or your computer or whatever device you listen to podcasts on. Um, follow me on uh, social media at Ed Hoffman where I tweet about current events all week long. The Facebook page for the main event is uh, facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. And uh, if you want to leave comments, uh, send me an email. I don't know why my uh, listener hotline phone line is down. Uh, I'm not sure when it will be up, back up. So uh, send an email to ed at edhoffman.net. And uh, I will uh, I will read all your comments. And uh, don't call the the eight five five six four zero twenty twenty because that goes to my to my uh, to my lending guys. And uh, so uh, if you got comments, send them to the email. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about the debates this week. We got to see uh, CNN hosted the Democratic presidential contenders in Detroit on Tuesday and Wednesday night, putting ten candidates on stage for each debate, with the front runners divided up between the two nights. Uh, the bar for qualifying was set extremely low. You just had to have a pulse. Um, I don't know. There were 23 people running. One dropped out, Eric Swalwell of California, which he should have. I don't know which. So there left two, and I think one other guy got in, but I don't think he was in it. And uh, I don't remember who he was because who cares. And uh, But there was 20 people on stage. I don't know who the two people were that. Didn't qualify, eh, maybe because they didn't care. Anyway, uh, the bar bar for qualifying was so low. It did, it did include candidates who were actually nowhere in the polls, and that's how CNN ended up with this ridiculously long promo. The CNN Democratic presidential debate: Sanders, Warren, Buttigieg, O'Rourke, Klobuchar, Hickenlooper, Ryan, Delaney, Williamson, Bullock. Biden, Harris, Booker, Yang, Castro, Gabbard, Chilibrand, Inslee, Bennett, de Blasio. 20 candidates, two big nights. This CNN Democratic presidential debate, live from Detroit, starting Tuesday at 8 on CNN. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, uh, it was an interesting couple of nights. Um, I watched almost all of it. I watched almost all of it. I watched... Uh, 
about two and a half hours of it on. I missed I missed the very opening of it on on uh, Tuesday, and uh, then I then I uh, I watched the rest of it, and I tried to watch some of the beginning of it afterwards because we de- my wife DVR'd it, and then uh, on Wednesday night. Um, I, I listened to some of it on the, in the car on the way home, but then we had a, a dinner appointment. And so I, wa- I, I watched it on DVR when I got home. Um, sadly, it was not that interesting. So uh, apparently I fell asleep in part of it and I tried to watch the rest of it the next day. And well, it's just much, a bunch of more Democrat stuff. So um, it's all, it's, I, I think I got some of the highlights here so I can tell you what I, what I saw. The first debate solidified the alliance between the two front runners. Of that night, featured that night, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. The two were side by side on just about everything, starting with Warren being introduced right after Bernie. Then, and they start out with whoever the front runner was of that night, and you know who was going to be standing in the middle. And they went all the way out to the to the edges. Um, so they start out with Warren being introduced right after Bernie, then greeting each other with a goofy hug before looking straight into the camera together. It was so romantic. It was just nauseating. The first debate uh, round focused on health care, specifically Bernie's Medicare for All plan that Liz wants everyone to know she supports. They were in lockstep with each other when it came to telling the moderator, Jake, Jake Tapper, he was uh, uh, helping Republicans with, with questions about it. You do not support Medicare for All. Is Senator Warren correct? Do you just not lack the will to fight for it? Jake, your question is a Republican talking point. What you want to do instead is find the Republican talking point of a made-up piece of some other part and say, oh, we don't really have to do anything. We should stop using Republican talking points in order to talk with each other about how to best provide that health care. Does it, does it sound like they've been trained by uh, the Democratic Party like Nancy Pelosi's, her uh, her weekly her weekly uh, conference call with them say, hey, here's the word we're all going to be saying this week to the cameras. This, this week it's going to be Republican talking point. So I don't, I don't know if uh, Pelosi had anything to do this, do with this, but apparently Bernie and Bernie and uh, Elizabeth Warren got together and, and had a plan. Of course, the point here is that Bernie and uh, Warren's buddy buddy stuff is intentional. They're partnering up with the nom uh, to be, on, to win the nomination and be on the same ticket together. I wonder who would be the president and who would be the vice president. I guess whoever has the most votes, the other person will be the vice president. Scary to think, because uh, if you ha- haven't remembered when I when I told the uh, when I gave the outline of Bernie's history, if he ever got the nomination, here's a guy who's never had a real job. He's never really paid any bills. He's re- he's never. I mean, he must have money from. From something, I hear he's got a couple of big giant houses, um, and I know he made made some money uh, made some money on his book last year or the year before. But he didn't want to voluntarily give a bunch of tax money for it. And he talks about how people should make fifteen dollars an hour, but he doesn't pay fifteen dollars an hour to his to his people that are working for him. And uh, who's the one that's saying we should pay twenty dollars an hour? Was that Warren? I forget one of the other candidates saying we should go twenty dollars an hour. That should be the minimum wage, and uh, they don't pay them either. So uh, they're all hypocrites. Hey, they all they all want somebody else to pay it, but they don't want to pay themselves. 
In fact, anyone who dared question whether it was a good idea to stop private insurance away from million to take private insurance away from millions of Americans was given the cold shoulder by the moderators in the audience. Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan was ignored every time he opened his mouth to say something that made sense. Congressman Ryan, are Senator Sanders' proposals going to incentivize undocumented immigrants to come into this country illegally? Yes. And right now, if you want to come into the country, you should at least ring the doorbell. Now, in this discussion already tonight, we've talked about taking private health insurance away from union members in the industrial Midwest. We've talked about decriminalizing the border, and we've talked about giving free health care to undocumented workers when so many Americans are struggling to pay for their health care. I, quite frankly, don't think that that is a, an agenda that we can move forward on and win. We've got to talk about the working class issues, the people that take a shower after work who haven't had a raise in 30 years. You, if we focus on them, we'll win the election. Thank you, Congressman. I'm Congressman work your response sir you know what i think uh there's a few of these guys that aren't getting any really any attention that made some sense they made some sense tim ryan to me to me he was he just was not impressive you know if i was a democrat and i'm looking for someone that i want to think was presidential uh tim ryan wasn't it he just seems like a no chin kind of guy and uh i don't know if uh i don't know if people are really are really uh uh, conscious of that no chin thing, you know, we used to say, hey, "Tough guys, you got a strong chin. You lead with your chin out there," and you, you know, and this guy just seems like a, you know, your 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 mouth just kind of meshes into your neck, and you know, just kind of a wimpy looking face. Um, I didn't think Tim Ryan uh, stood out as very presidential to me, but he does he does make sense there, um, you know, and the and the couple of people that I thought made sense the first night. Uh, that looked kind of like they were kind of presidential. They had some common sense. Were John Delaney and Steve Bullock, John Delaney of Maryland and Steve Bullock of Montana. We'll get to them in a little bit. Um, but he brought up, he started asking for comments from Beto, Beto O'Rourke. He continues to fall in popularity, and for some reason, he thinks climate change is will be his issue. It will somehow remedy that. Here he is uh, with a slightly more popular candidate, Mayor Mayor Pete Buttigieg. I've listened to scientists on this, and they're very clear. We don't have more than 10 years to get this right. And we won't meet that challenge with half steps or half measures or only half the country. An economy that's not working for everyone. Endless war, climate change. Science tells us we have 12 years before we reach the horizon of catastrophe when it comes to our climate. Well, if you can't uh, scare people with terrorism... Scare them with the world's coming to an end because of climate change. You know, I I just wonder if they ever think about think about how uh, young kids feel when they when they listen to this and think, uh, hey, the world's going to end in twelve years. Of course, uh, Beto said ten years. So um, I just you know I'm just not feeling it. I'm not feeling that the world's going to end in ten years or twelve years. And I don't. And you know, we're not going to get there with half the country. We're not going to get there with the whole country. We're not going to get there as long as China's doing what they're doing, the other countries are doing what they're doing. We can't change it. Just in case you figured it out, the earth is round. It spins. Our air meshes with everybody else's air. I've told this story before. Um, was it Scott? Um, Mark Scott and his brother, the two, uh, the two uh, um, astronauts. One of them was married to is married to uh, Gabby Gabbard, Gabby uh, Gabby uh, Gifford, the uh, the congressperson that got shot um, in a few years back. 
while campaigning. Um, the one that was up in the space, uh, the in the in the Skylab, the space, what was it called? The space lab, the whatever it is, the the big laboratory that they have spacing uh, that's up there. He was up there for a year, and he said, uh, and he said, I saw him speak at a mortgage bankers conference, and he said. He'd look out. The, he'd look out the window and hold a, hold a map and look at the Earth and you start to say, okay, there's China, there's uh, there's the Matterhorn, there's the Wall of China, here's here's uh, here's North America and here's South America. You could you could start to pick out things and after a while you could start to you could you could actually look at the Earth and and actually identify without having to look at the map what's what you're looking at. And he said that uh, whenever you whenever the Earth would whenever you'd have China in your view, there's a big cloud over it. You'd never you could never see the the uh, the the country of China because it was all covered with a big cloud of smog, and he said that uh, China apparently shut down all industry for like three days because of some celebration, and at that point the whole sky cleared, the whole sky cleared and you could see China, you could see the wall, you could see everything uh, in China during that time, and they were shut down for two or three days, and to me what that said, what that said was either a the world renews itself or B osmosis makes it all blend in with our air. So as the world's turning, that smog just dissipates throughout the rest of the world. So as long as China keeps polluting, if we basically break our economy to save the world, what's it matter? It's not going to do anything until the whole world gets on board Until the whole world gets on board it's not, we're not going to change anything. And number two, we don't know for sure that climate change exists. And number three, we don't know that we caused it if it did. And if you remember back in the seventies or eighties, we were talking about the ozone layer was going away and uh, it was, you know, we were worried about, you know, the harmful rays of the sun were so bad because the ozone layer was deteriorating. And then all of a sudden this uh, volcano in uh, Antarctica erupted and it blew a bunch of stuff into the air and all of a sudden, the ozone layer was back. Hmm. wonder how that happened. So I guess uh, God, in, uh, when he created the earth, he created some uh, things to renew itself and cycle. So I, I wonder if, if all this concern is really for naught. Maybe we don't need to be concerned because uh, we don't need to be. It renews itself. So I'm not feeling this, uh, this uh, climate change stuff. But just when you think that world is, is going to end in 10 years because of climate change is the craziest thing you'll hear at the Democratic debate. Marianne Williamson steps in to, the, to prove you wrong. She was uh, reportedly the most Googled candidate of the night because of lines like this. Now it is time for a generation of Americans to rise up again. For an amoral economic system has turned short-term profits for huge multinational corporations into a false god. Everything that we're talking about here tonight is what's wrong with American politics. And the Democratic Party needs to understand that we should be the party that talks not just about symptoms, but also about causes. If you think any of this wonkiness is going to deal with this dark psychic force of the collectivized hatred that this president is bringing up in this country, then I'm afraid that the Democrats are going to see some very dark days. Yeah, I think uh, some of the... uh... Some people were listening and DVRing it just so they could go back and look up the words and figure out what she's talking about. Um, Donald Trump Jr. is watching. People are, and he, he tweeted, people are going to think I'm trolling, but 
compared to what else is up on this stage, I think Marianne Williamson is actually winning this thing. This is amazing. No question. She seems to be drawing the biggest applause of the night. So uh, I don't know if she got the biggest applause because I heard a couple lines that got some pretty big applause. But, uh, yeah, she's definitely the uh, she's definitely the most connected to the forces of the universe. Definitely. Um, back to the front runners. Elizabeth Warren had all kinds of zingers uh, for the more moderate con- candidates uh, with more practical ideas than she had. Here she is shooting down Maryland Congressman John Delaney, who I think I think John Delaney was speaking some pretty uh, common sense stuff. But I'll tell you when she it, they did a split screen when uh, when Elizabeth Warren was if you're watching it Elizabeth Warren is basically haranguing him and he's he's they had him and I know they're going to use this on commercials against him if he stays in and he's just you know he's he's a bald guy he's got kind of red hair around the sides and uh, and he's got a kind of pretty animated kind of face and. Uh, and he just has his eyes wide open and he's his eyes are going back and forth and he's looking and he's turning his head back and forth. He just got this this goofy look on his face. He's he's looking back and forth, waiting for his time to, to respond. And it just was I don't know if any of you saw it. It was I thought it was funny. So anyway, uh, here's uh, here's Liz Warren uh, beating him. So I think Democrats win when we run on real solutions, not impossible promises. When we run on things that are workable, not fairy tale economics. You know, I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. And nobody really knows what exactly what she was saying. But, uh, you know, it just sounded so... So authoritarian. It sounded so leadership-like. And it was just so strong. So everybody uh, everybody cheered for it. And, of course, she also thought Mon- uh, Montana Governor Steve Bullock, uh, who was the other guy I thought looked kind of looked kind of like he was had some common sense. Eh, but he's still a Democrat. So cancel all that. So she, uh, she thought uh, that Steve Bullock's position that we should not uh, decriminalize illegal immigration or give free health care to illegals was simply unacceptable. A sane immigration system needs a sane leader, and we can do that without decriminalizing, providing health care for everyone. What you're saying is ignore the law. Laws matter, and it matters if we say our law is that we will lock people up who come here seeking refuge, who come here seeking asylum. That is not a crime. It's not a crime to come here illegally. It's not a crime to come here illegally seeking refuge. Well, it is actually. If you come here illegally, it is a crime. So we have to change the change the laws so that it's not illegal to break the law. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about you. I just That just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and because we haven't played enough of night one candidates attacking Donald Trump, here's Liz Warren taking the opportunity to invent brand new kinds of racism no one has ever heard of. We need to call out white supremacy for what it is, domestic terrorism, and it poses a threat to the United States of America. We live in a country now where the president is advancing environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism, health care racism. That's interesting. Environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism. What was the last one? Uh, criminal justice or some one other one. I mean, what does that mean? Everything's racism. I thought racism had to be discriminating against somebody because of their race. 
I don't know. I don't know. The, everything's everything's about race these days with the Democrats, and uh, everything's about race. Anything anything that Donald Trump says, he's being racist. I don't understand it. And just for fun, here's Don Lemon's dumb Trump is a racist questions that have nothing to do with these candidates or how they would actually govern if they were elected. Congressman O'Rourke, President Trump is pursuing a re-election strategy based in part on racial division. How do you convince primary voters that you'd be the best nominee to take on President Trump and heal the racial divide in America? Senator Klobuchar, what do you say to those Trump voters who prioritize the economy over the president's bigotry? You know what? I live in America and, you know, and with the exception of everybody talking about how racist everything is, I don't really see it that much. I mean, I know it's I know it's out there at some, some point, but I don't really think it was all that bad. I know I, I see people of different colors and I just see people. And, you know, until you start having a, a chip on your shoulder because you're a different color than me. Hey, we're all we're all Americans. I don't see what the problem is. And uh, I think the Democrats are just creating this problem where it may not may not be but that's their reason to uh, insult trump anyway i'm out of time for this half of the main event stay tuned for five minutes of uh, traffic weather uh, commercials and sports and i'll be right back with more of what happened this week And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and uh, financing on this show because I think people uh, get turned off if you're not in the in the market. You don't want to hear me talk about that for an hour. But if you want to talk about that, the interest rates are really low right now. And uh, I think they'll probably keep getting better. But if you're uh, just in case they don't. Call me at 855-640-2020 if you're thinking about if you're thinking about buying as the rates go down, you buy more house for the same for the same payment. As the rates go down, if you're looking for a reverse mortgage, you actually get more money, more money for out of your uh on your reverse mortgage for the same for the same value house with the interest rates lower and uh when you're refinancing, your payments lower. So anyway, everything's better with lower rates. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding. Tell me uh, what you want me to know. Tell me what you want to what you want to hear. So in the first half, we were talking about the uh, Democratic debate night one. Uh, we got almost through the whole night. I left out a couple of things that, uh, that uh, how uh, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, uh, had a couple of zingers here that I didn't want to didn't want to leave out. They didn't kind of tie into the to the whole story, but you know, let's let's start with a there's a couple of zingers that I'm sure people are going to be replaying over and over and over. Let's uh start with the first one regarding uh, uh his plan for Medicare for everybody. Medicare for all is comprehensive. It covers all health care needs for senior citizens. It will finally include dental care hearing aids, and eyeglasses. But you don't know Second that. of all. You don't know that, Second Bernie. of all. We'll come to you in a second, I do know, and I wrote the damn bill. You know, you know if someone's making up bumper stickers and stuff, hey, I, I do know it. I wrote the damn bill. You know, that's going to be on, uh, on campaign commercials, for, at least until he drops out of the race. Um, the next one was about illegal immigration. If a mother and a child walk thousands of miles on a dangerous path, in my view, they are not criminals. 
Well, if a mother and child walk thousands of miles on a dangerous path and then they rob a bank, are they criminals? If they uh <clears throat> if they if they walk thousands of miles on a dangerous path and then they kill somebody, are they criminals? If they walk thousands of miles on a dangerous path and they and they enter the United States illegally, are they criminals? I think they are. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Republican, so I don't know. Maybe you guys think different. I think not. I think uh I think the the Democratic Party has gone way 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 out to the left and I think uh I think Trump's probably I don't know. I hate to say say it's going to they're he's going to have an easier time than we thought. Um cuz I don't know how, you know, based on the uh you know, people are dumb and idiot. They don't know, they don't understand. I'm concerned about what America is going to be like if Trump doesn't get reelected. So then we go on to the next night on, on Wednesday. Night two in Detroit was a little better, mostly because it was open season on the front runners, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Finally, someone decided to break the news to Biden that he's not the person, he's not the same person as Barack Obama. And, uh, you know, because Biden likes to say, hey, he wants to uh, take, take uh, credit for stuff that Obama did when it works. And then when it doesn't work, he wants to say, Hey, well, I was just the vice president. I wasn't the president. So, uh, Cory Booker, uh, reminded him of that. Mr. Vice President, you can't have it both ways. You invoke uh, President Obama more than anybody in this campaign. You can't do it when it's convenient and then dodge it when it's not. If you want to compare records, and frankly, I'm shocked that you do, uh, I am happy to do that because all of the problems that he is talking about that he created, you're dipping into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. Yeah, there were some uh, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool lines. I didn't dipping in the Kool Aid, and you don't even know the flavor. I don't really know what that means exactly. Um, I like to say, "Hey, you're uh, you're entering a battle of wits, and you're coming in unarmed." So uh, anyway, so uh, Biden wants to take credit when it's when it's convenient, but he doesn't. And if you saw that, if you saw that, uh, if you watched it, you saw Cory Booker, who's a rather large person. Standing next to Biden, who's kind of a skinny, shorter guy, and uh, when when uh, when he said hey, "wait, wait, 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 wait" to to uh, to Biden, he puts his hand up, which his hand is about twice the size of of uh, Biden's hand, and Biden just kind of backed down like a wuss. He just kind of turned his head down and looked down, and kind of you know, I can't imagine that that uh, Trump would do that if if uh, he he'd stand toe to toe with him because um, I don't think. Uh, you know Trump is a strong guy. Trump's a strong guy. I, I mean I don't I don't I don't say that uh that he could uh, he could uh win in a fight against Cory Booker who's probably 30 years younger than him or 40 years younger than him but uh definitely definitely he'll go toe to toe with him in an argument. So anyway, um uh and then and with probably days to go before she sh- before she runs out of campaign money if she's not already out. I can imagine Kirsten Gillibrand. She probably doesn't have any campaign money. She's uh, she's she's writing checks that aren't going to clear, and she uh, she pulled out all the stops on her former uh, friend Joe Biden. What did you mean when you said when a woman works outside the home, it's resulting in quote the deterioration of family? In the very beginning, my deceased wife worked. We had children. My present wife has worked all the way through raising our children. You came to Syracuse University with me and said it was wonderful. I'm passionate about the concern making sure women are treated equally. I don't know what's happened except that you're now running for president. 
Yeah, everybody changes their changes their their stripes. Every every tiger changes his stripes. Every uh, leopard changes his spots when they're running for president because they have to look a certain way. And then as soon as soon as they get done done being as far left as they can be to beat to win in the primaries, then they got to go towards the center towards the center to beat the Republican, or at least they try. So I don't know. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand, I don't know what she's thinking. She should be the next one behind Swalwell to say, there's no way I'm going to win. Why am I wasting my time? You know what? Why don't I just go back and be a senator, which is what I'm getting paid by the American taxpayers to do? Uh, I don't know. That's just my thought. Uh, I could be wrong. I pay taxes. I like to see my taxes, uh, you know, go for something. As for the attacks on Kamala Harris, leading the way on this was a Hawaii congresswoman, Tulsi Gabbard, who smacked her down. It was good. Gabbard came prepared with opposition research on Kamala Harris's time as California Attorney General that smacked her down hard. I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. I am proud of that work, and I am proud of making a decision to not just give fancy speeches or be in a legislative body and give speeches on the floor, but actually doing the work of being in the position to use the power that I had to reform a system that is badly in need of reform. In the case of those who are on death row, innocent people, you actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them until you were forced to do so. There is no excuse for that. And the people who suffered under your reign as prosecutor, you owe them an apology. Yeah, I think uh, Kamala Harris is, uh, you know, I did hard work. I reformed a, uh, I reformed a system. I'm proud of my work that I did. I did this. You know what? She just said she's proud of all the great work she did. Doesn't mean she did anything. Uh, I know she did a good job with uh, Willie Brown to get into her first position in uh, in uh, leadership in California. Um, I won't go into what kind of job it was, but. I'd say uh, she worked her way to the top, apparently. <clears throat> anyway, although Gabbard is an Army combat veteran who served in Iraq, she did not win with uh, this outlandish claim about the President, President Trump and Al-Qaeda. The problem is that this current president is continuing to betray us. We were supposed to be going after Al-Qaeda. But over years now, not only have we not gone after al-Qaeda, who is stronger today than they were in 9-11, our president is supporting al-Qaeda. So in the, in the I don't know why what, where she's going with this, uh, Gabbard told Shannon Bream in the spin room that she said this is because Trump is friendly with Saudi Arabia and we continue to buy oil from them. It's hilarious, though, that liberals on Twitter have been saying Gabbard might be a a GOP plant because some Republican donors like her moderate positions and gave to her congressional campaign. And not really sure. Hey, he's 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 not he's light on. He's he's not going after Al Qaeda. I don't know. He's sure beating up on ISIS. And I think ISIS and Al Qaeda are 
kind of uh, kind of similar kind of organizations. Commenting on this on Thursday is my friend, combat wounded veteran uh, Sergeant Johnny Joey Jones, uh, who pointed out the contrast between Gabbard getting uh, money from Republican donors to get elected to Congress uh, versus the questionable choices she made after getting elected. Well, you know, this is a place where Tulsi Gabbard should be her strongest. And in my opinion, she's the weakest when it comes to foreign policy and her overall platform and appeal. She is a flip-flopper. She's she's wavered on this. The Tulsi Gabbard of 2015 and 14 receiving pats on the back from Sheldon Adelson isn't the same Tulsi Gabbard uh, meeting with uh, Assad in Syria and taking up for Iran. So uh, to say she's got some explaining to do is an understatement to understand what are her motivations. To, mm-hmm. to equate Saudi Arabia to Iran is one thing, but to take up for Iran and and uh, uh, bash the president over having policy agreements with Saudi Arabia is really puzzling to me. Yeah, it's uh, some of these, you know what is amazing, and we'll talk about this as we go farther, is the the thought that you have politicians that want to create plans that they don't have any ex- experience in. Hey, you know, we should, we should, uh, we have politicians that are creating medical plans they don't have any experience in medical in the medical uh world or they have and they're creating plans on immigration they know there's all these people that that you know you got a aoc who is a bartender and she's got a college degree which doesn't really mean anything uh from uh, on uh political science or economics or something but she clearly doesn't understand it otherwise she might have uh she might have uh let Amazon come set up their uh, their other corporate office in her region and and completely turned around her uh, her district for her uh, for her constituents, which is really what she gets paid for, which we'll talk about more in a few minutes. Um, but you know what? You got all these people that hey, you know what? These aren't the people to make these plans. You should get some outside outside consultants and put them together with outside consultants on people in those in those areas. You know, running a healthcare system isn't something that how that a that a uh, politician should do, and planning a, a a military strategy isn't something that politicians should do. Um, I learn a lot when I talk to Joey Jones, and and just last night I was talking to Joey Jones, and I learned something about his family that uh, I know that you don't. That apparently I'd like to tell, but uh, he said they haven't announced it yet. So uh, I know something uh, big going on in Joey Jones' family that. Uh, I'll tell you next week. I'm sure it'll be public knowledge by then. So anyway, uh, something, you know, with his family and him and his wife, Meg, and um, you might be able to guess. But anyway, uh, anyway, so uh, back to Kamala versus Biden. As the two front runners who established their rivalry in the first debate last month, if you remember when she said, you said something bad about busing, and I was one of those kids that was bust. Anyway. Uh, they continued in the second debate by repeat, repeatedly arguing over Biden's $750 billion health care plan versus Kamala's $3 trillion health care plan, as if those numbers were different to any regular Americans. Vice President Biden's campaign calls your plan, quote, a have it every which way approach and says it's just part of a confusing pattern of equivocating about your health care stance. What do you say to that? 
Well, they're probably confused because they've not read it. But the reality is that I have been spending time in this campaign listening to American families, listening to experts, listening to health care providers. And what I came away with is a very clear understanding that I needed to create a plan that was responsive to the needs of the American people. Senators had several plans so far. And uh, anytime someone tells you you're going to get something good in 10 years, you should wonder why it takes 10 years. If you notice, there's no talk about the fact that the plan in 10 years will cost $3 trillion. You will lose your employer-based insurance. And in fact, you know, this is the single most important issue facing the public. And to be very blunt and to be very straightforward, you can't beat President Trump with double talk on this plan. We are now paying $3 trillion a year for health care in America. Over the next 10 years, it's probably going to be $6 trillion. We must act. Your plan does not cover everyone in America. By your staffs and your own definition, 10 million people, as many as 10 million people, will not have access to health care. And in 2019 in America, for a Democrat to be running for president with a plan that does not cover everyone, I think is without excuse. Hey, let me tell you my uh, my take on this. Wait, how much do we spend on Obamacare? How much do we spend setting up the website for Obamacare? Wasn't Obamacare supposed to be the end all perfect made uh turn turn the whole healthcare system into Shangri-La, into the most perfect system ever? And why are we still wanting to change it? Wasn't Joe Biden the one who whispered into a uh, hot mic uh, next to uh, uh, Barack Obama, say, this is a big effing thing, and uh, thinking that he's just whispering into Obama, but it got caught by his mic. And uh, when he when Obama was signing the Affordable Care Act, which is everything but affordable, has anybody had to have health care? That health care act completely destroyed what we used to enjoy as health care. And, and healthcare, it, there's no such thing as healthcare anymore. It's only health insurance. Well, everybody has health insurance now, but guess what? Nobody gets any care anymore. The insurance companies don't cover anything. And it's, it's way more expensive. It's, it's gigantically way more expensive. It's harder to get in to see the doctor. It's harder to get anything covered. I know I pay a lot of money for insurance and nothing. I end up just paying cash for everything. And uh, the insurance company doesn't pay out on anything. I don't know why I even have insurance. And then the next thing is, you know, covering everybody, it's impossible. You will, There will never be a health plan that covers everybody. Everybody doesn't want to be covered. You can't get, you can't, you can't serve a buffet of, of food that, that everybody has something they like in it, much less have a health care plan that covers everybody. It just won't happen. It won't happen ever. And some people don't want to be covered. So anyway, that's just my little piece of uh, of uh, common sense there. Interestingly, Biden sounded much young, like his younger self at one point when it came to the far left idea of decriminalizing illegal immigration. Here he is with uh, Julian Castro. If you cross the border illegally, you should be able to be sent back. It's a crime. One of us has learned the lessons of the past. And one of us hasn't. That's what we need are politicians that actually have some guts on this issue. I have guts enough to say his plan doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, well, you know, none of this stuff makes sense to me. It's, uh, you know, build the wall, build the wall, build the wall. That's the only thing that makes sense to me these days. So, uh, so uh, Joe Biden closed with this weird kind of thing that everyone's talking about. This was his uh, closing, his closing sentence. This is the United States of America. We've acted together. We have never, never, never been unable to overcome whatever the problem was. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. Well, apparently, if you go to Joe 30330, which I would assume means Joe30330.com, um, you get some guy, some other guy's uh, Josh. Is uh, and I don't know if it, if if they, he just jumped on it, uh, but that's what he that's some Josh's campaign for something. Um, he was supposed to say, text Joe two three zero three three zero, so then they could put you on a list of people that they send text to. But uh, he flubbed that up. Apparently, he's too old to know how to text, and uh, that's how that went. So let's get on. Uh, the the debate was was uh was agonizing to watch. And uh, I'm sure it was agonizing to listen to. Well, it probably wasn't that hard to listen to me make fun of it today because that's what I do. So anyway, uh, uh, the ongoing feud between President Trump and Maryland Congressman Elijah Cummings escalated this week, which most people know about. But what you may not know is how the feud between them ever started. The two have been exchanging insults over Twitter since 2017 when he took office. But what prompted the president to start tweeting about Cummings' rundown district in Baltimore in recent uh, weeks started with uh, the, with uh, this oversight committee hearing on July 18th, where he grilled the new Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kevin McAleenan. It's clearly there's something going wrong down at the border. A lot. My Republican friends have said that we just declared and said that this was an emergency. I've been begging for hearing before I became chairman, begging. And the thing that I think bothers me the most is that when I see the pictures and I hear the testimony, and by the way, I'm going down there myself, and I'd love for you to accompany me because I want us to see the same things. I can tell you that I'm at a point where I begin to wonder whether there is an empathy deficit, an empathy deficit. So, Mr. Secretary, I was disappointed when you decided last year to ignore the request for documents that I made with Representative Meadows, the bipartisan request. And you refused to produce a single document about these kids. More recently, Cummings committee voted to on July 25th to subpoena Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, and Ivanka Trump, his daughter, of uh, their emails and their text and their text messages. And two days later, on July 27th, the president started tweeting. Uh, he tweeted these three tweets: uh, uh, Rep. Re- Representative Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully, shouting and screaming at the great men and women of Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border, when actually his Baltimore district is far worse. And more dangerous. His district is considered the worst in the USA. As proven last week during a congressional tour, the border is clean, efficient, and well run. Just very crowded. Cummings District is disgusting. Rat and rodent infested mess. If he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this dangerous, very filthy place. Baltimore's numbers are the worst in the United States on the crime and the economy. 
Billions of dollars have been pumped into the, in over the years, but to no avail. The money was stolen or wasted. Ask Elijah Cummings where it went. He should investigate himself in his oversight committee. As you know, the references to rodents were called racist because, of course, and of course they were. So on Wednesday, the president tweeted this uh, video of Cummings from a hearing in 1999. This morning, I left my community of Baltimore, a drug-infested area where a lot of the drugs that we're talking about today have already taken the lives of so many children. The same children that I watched 14 or 15 years ago as they grew up, now walking around like zombies. This is only 40 miles away from here. Yeah, so a conservative organization, Turning Point USA, went to Cummings District this week and talked to some Baltimore residents. The president tweeted that it was rat infested. I mean, is that true? Are there rats here? Yes. There's rats here everywhere. Oh, there's rats. God knows there's rats. Yes, they are. Um, there is a rat problem. The stuff that's in the news is basically true. Rat infested, you know. We have rats, but of course that's going to come with trash. There's quite a few rats, though. The city gave everybody nice, great big trash cans. Why don't you use them? Everybody need to do that instead of just throwing it where they want to. Use the trash can, put the trash in. You hear a lot about there being a trash problem and a rat problem here today. We've talked with a lot of residents about the trash problem and about the rat problem. The people who live here tell us that that absolutely is true. And as you walk down the street, it's evident that there are just piles of garbage everywhere uh, that you look. City hasn't always been bad. It's going downhill because lack of jobs, lack of housing. And you see all these just abandoned homes all down all down the sidewalk here. You got a lot of boarded up houses. The city has already said they're not going to put any work into them. They're not going to develop them. So they're just sitting here. And you know what? What's all the fuss about what Trump said? It, it doesn't sound racist to me. If there's a problem there, he probably should have called out a lot more people. Maybe Elijah Cummings, maybe Maxine Waters, maybe whoever's down in San Diego, maybe whoever whoever's in Chicago. Maybe they should stop focusing on trying to uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, Adam uh, Schiff. Maybe some of these guys should stop focusing on how they're going to try and impeach Trump and focus on fixing the problems that are in their own district. And maybe spend federal funds on doing some of that stuff instead of wasting it on idiocy. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this uh, episode of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.